had to start off with the goat Bernie Mac. That's the best original version of taking me out to the ball game. Um, that's where I get most of my excitement. I don't play attention to baseball to playoff time because y'all season is just way too long. But before we even hop into it, how are y'all doing tonight? Greg actually was on time tonight, y'all. So uh, we thank y'all for y'all support, uh, for our intervention to help him be better, um, not being on CP time. For those that don't know, of our listeners and followers, CP time is color people time. That means when they say 745, <laughs> they mean 8:15. But Greg was doing better today, so we gotta give him a shout out to that. Greg, what was a part of the fact? Like, how did you get on time today? What caused that? So it's, I, yeah, actually, really, just, we're just lucky I didn't get a chance to play basketball. It's really all that happened. I I, ended, I wanted to go play football. I was running some routes. I was getting ready to kick Chris's, you know, you know, tail next time I see him. So stop it. And that, that's why I was out there. But, you know, I got tired of running routes, came home a little early, got the tank to the shower. But, you know, trying try to do better since they, people, they, y'all want to call me the D for the show. I'm trying to do better. We also got tonight, we are joined by Chris Moneybags over there in Margaritaville. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, doing good. We here, we chilling, relaxing. Baseball's back. The Reds are 5-1. and one. Reds are good day. You a Reds fan? Yes, sir. Don't hey, like like Candace Parker said, take that surprise out your voice. <laughs> that's the most random thing that's been said on this podcast. Yeah, Reds. Fan. Yeah, he like yeah. Ohio, Cincinnati, bro. everything. And of so course, we are joined. We are joined by the smooth operator, left-handed Miles Davenport, looking a little rough today, but you know, lady. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm doing good. Let's start the show. You 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 trying? <laughs> you need you gotta you gotta be better next time. Came left. Beer gang, beer gang. As you mentioned, Cincinnati Reds are off to a good start. Astros are five and one. Phillies are five and one. Dodgers are five and two. The home teams are both at five hundred. Mets are two and two. Yanks are three and three. What's your takeaways from this early part of the season? We know it's like 700-game season for MLB. What's your takeaways from this first week of uh, baseball? 
that's bullpen is a little concerning. If we're talking about from a Mets perspective, a little concerning, but um, I'm not I'm not too worried, honestly. This team, I can't explain it, just feels different. And no, it's not no, it's not no analysis. I'm not giving you guys how many crazy analysis. I just feel it just feels different. The Mets don't feel the same. Today the Mets won a game on a controversial call. Caught Conforto leans into a pitch. He should have been out. And let me tell you something. That's as a Mets fan, you you're on the other side of that nine times out of ten. So I'm I'm gonna take that and I'll take that win. I'll be happy with it. But um I, I feel good about them, man. They have a really potent lineup. Uh the middle lineup is strong. Alonzo, McNeil, you know, uh is getting on base at a crazy rate right now. It's early. Um Conforto, obviously, <laughs> Conforto, um, and then Lindor, right? So I, I feel real good about them. And Dominic Smith is an incredible hitter. I yo, I feel good about the Mets, man. I just, you know, I hope that bullpen tightens up, but I feel, I feel good about them. So from that perspective, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. To win hey, Miles, what about your Yanks? Well, I wanted to chime in. You know, Batance got hurt. Bullpen's yeah. a little shaky right now, but... That's not somebody. Shane Green's still out there. He, 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 you know, we got coin money. I'm not really tripping. Yeah, we got coin money. We're not, we're not operating. We're not trying to buy stuff out of, out of, out of the uh, Dollar Tree anymore. Not, shout out to Dollar Tree. Nothing's wrong with Dollar Tree. But... Um, you know, we, we, we're not taking, you're not shopping for discounts, so we'll be okay. I mean, as far as the Yankees go, they're expected to be in the conversation for a chip every year. So, I mean, it's early, but it's never good when you got guys missing games. Like, Judge started off hot. Now it comes out he's missing games because he's got a possibly sore oblique or whatever it is. It's, it's always something with with Judge. I love the guy, but he just can't stay on the field. And then at shortstop, I mean, it's a little shaky right now. Glaber, not the best defender. So kind of Didi, you kind of miss Didi a little bit in that sense of he gave us stability at, at the shortstop position. And I mean, Glaber, he was kind of, I don't want to blame him, but he was the reason we lost the other game a couple of days ago with the untimely error and but the team's going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Once they get a couple guys back in the, the bullpen, like Zach Britton, and we, we just need a little more chemistry. Like the, the, the starting lineup, it's going to be elite. We got Luke Volt, Luke Voigt, <laughs> Luke Volt. Luke Voigt needs to come back and, and show us what, what he can do. Because honestly, I was in favor of trying to trade him for pitching because I think that DJ is a capable first baseman and, and Glaber's position is probably better off at second, but I'm not making calls for the Yankees. I can only do so much out here. So, but the Yankees, are, they're going to be in good shape. You know, I'm going to go catch a few games. Definitely going to go catch that. Yo, we should all go catch a few games, Yankees games, match games, whatever the case may be. You know, everybody going to be vaccinated. It's going gonna, gonna to be a hot boy summer. City, huh? feels nicer than, City feels nicer than Yankee Stadium, so let's go to City Field, man. It's not. It's not. Yeah. I've been a, I've been to City Field once, and I, I did enjoy the stadium. But I, I'm not even a Yankees fan. But you could just feel the vibes when when you walk into to Yankee Stadium, especially the new stadium in the, in the Bronx. Uh, I've been to both the old stadium and the new stadium. But um, yeah, man, we talked about it. Cincinnati Reds off to a hot start, five and one, but. Tone, you hit it on. You hit on it, right? It's a long season. Obviously, we don't watch every single game and whatnot. It's only week one. 
uh, we got to figure out what we're doing at, at shortstop with Suarez. Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited. The team's playing well, you know, right out the gate, which rarely happens for us. Um, so, you know, we'll see what's to come. I also got to hit up my dad uh, and, and get that that access because uh, obviously they're not a local team, so I struggle to watch the game. So it's a lot of watch I listen to one another. So I'm going to start to stream some some stuff. But, yo, Greg, what was mad funny was me and Brad today was in the office, and Brad – uh we actually went and sat in one of the offices so Brad could watch the Mets game and whatnot. You could hear him. We was talking about that controversial play at the end. Um, and then Brad was over there. He was over there sweating. So um, <laughs> definitely that's, that's the one thing, the one, the one thing that I'll say about the Mets too, is that I have a lot of friends who are Mets fans, obviously being, being here in New Jersey and Greg, you hit on it earlier. Like, the team feels different this year for you, for you guys, you know, with the signings that you had in the off season, um, you know, this, this could definitely, you know, Comfortos came, came into his, his own since, you know, what has it been since like he started going off in 2017. Uh, so like he's been there a few years now, he, he's comfortable in his role. So uh, definitely excited to see what you guys do, you know, down the stretch. It, Dom Smith is a name that y'all people, Mets fans have to remember. Dom Smith was was not well liked by Mets fans when he came up to the minors. Since he's come up last year, he had an incredible year. Um, incredible, I think he was runner up um, for the Hank Aaron Award last year, which is an incredible, incredible accomplishment. So I think he's gonna have a great year. He's a, I think he's the best. He might be. The, I think he might be the best pure hitter on the team outside of Lindor. So I'm really, really, really excited about him. He's saying Miles shaking his head saying no. Miles, who's the best pure hitter outside of Lindor in the Mets then? Since he's, since he's the Mets aficionado now. I'm not, but I feel like McNeil deserves more respect than that. McNeil, he didn't he win a batting title like two years ago? Yeah, I want to – you see, this is so funny to me, though. This is so crazy. Yes, he did. But the, the craziest thing is when I was in the group chat saying months ago saying that the Mets had a bright young nucleus and all that stuff, and I named McNeil on guys like that, it was met with – it was met with – with you objected, you objected. To I, that. I objected. But now all of a sudden, it's about McNeil. McNeil's a big, great hitter. Yada yada. And now we all positive. Okay, he shouldn't be on the team. You could have could have traded him for Mookie Betts. Who? 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 McNeil? Yeah, you guys didn't want to give him up for Mookie Betts. That was he was a part of that trade, and here we it's are. Okay, we got our superstar. We got Lindor. But Mookie is different. Mookie is different, but Lindor, Lindor, definitely on that level. Lindor. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are still searching for that center fielder, though. Uh, Nimmo's playing a good center field. Nimmo's, Nimmo's getting on base. He's 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 a good leadoff guy. He gets on base. At, he's he's a leader. He's a league leader right now. I know it's been four games, but he's doing a good job. So, no, nah, man, let's let's, let's let the season play out. But you know, I, what, here's what here's what I know now for sure, and what's not going to change. Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball. End of discussion. And the Mets have him. So I I, I love that. So he's pitching on Saturday. I'll be watching. Oh well, you know what? I won't be watching. Unfortunately, I'll be, yeah. I'll be, coaching, I'll be coaching a basketball game. But uh, I'll be tuned. I'll be locked in when I can during give me some during time. I was about to say you coaching on Saturday, so you you not gonna be watching. So <laughs> <laughs> transitioning, y'all. We mentioned it last episode. Seventeen games are supposed to be happening this season. One of the things that Chris mentioned was you're going to see a lot of records broken this season. Mm. Off the rip, off the top. Do y'all see any specific records that you think might be broken this season? For me, one, I think that is guaranteed and obvious, which I'm pretty sure everybody 
has on their list or what it's going to mention. Brady obviously will pass Drew Brees for all-time passing yards. He's only 1,154 yards behind Drew Brees. He's going to blow that out of the water. That's a definite. Any other records stick out to y'all? Well, I think uh, – go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I think single season uh, passing yards is going to come into play. Peyton Man, why was that you going to say, Miles? Yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> as I told you to go ahead, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, Pey- Peyton Manning, he, he, I want to say it was 5,100 and something, 5,200 and something, maybe. Um, and I know a few years back, uh, there was two quarterbacks that came close. It was Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Miles, you know the other one? I forget. Was it? I mean, oh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, James I was about to say it's got to be Jameis. Yeah, he he had five thousand, I think, one hundred and nine yards or something like that, and then Big Ben had like five thousand one hundred and twenty-nine. Um, Just to throw it out, big... Peyton Manning threw five thousand four hundred seventy-seven yards. Okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you give Big Ben another game, you know, if he stays uh, slinging the thing, he, he can definitely surpass that. But I mean, you got guys like like Patrick Mahomes, right, who are now coming into their own after being in the league a few years and. Um, you know, all the weapons he has, he, this is probably going to be a huge year for him after, you know, signing that, that big contract and whatnot. So, um, I, I think Peyton Manning's record could be in jeopardy, but again, like, Hey, it, it's, it, you have to, you have to be elite enough to, to go out there and take it. You have to have, you know, receivers to be throwing down the field to and, and getting, you know, consistent yards like that as well. So, Hey, I mean, he's had that record for, how, when did it say he had the record? 2013? 2013. 20, 2013. So, yeah, I mean, it hasn't been broken yet. Who knows if one extra game is going to help, but it's definitely going to eat into it a little more. Yeah, Drew Brees in 2011 also had 5,476. So, Peyton Manny passed it two years later by one yard. Greg, okay. any other records stick out to you that should or possibly be broken? Well, um, I'm glad you asked because I do think <laughs> I, I, I do think that the rushing record um, can be broken um, by, by one of two guys, really. Derrick Henry obviously can smash that record, right, in the extra game. <clears throat> if Tennessee has something to play for in that 17th week, um, he, he, you can see that record go go up in shambles there and they break it. Um, but also – Eric Dickerson's record? Well, wait, what, 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 was the, what was the total um, total there? What we have for the Russian Russian record. What is it? You said Russian Russian record. Yeah, but who who holds the Russian record? So yards in one season? Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand one hundred five. That's getting smashed. By who? That's that's that might be Dickerson. Dickerson. That might be Dickerson. I think it's Dickerson. He's held that. He's held that since nineteen seventy eight. That's wild. (laughs) That's crazy. Wow. I think it's gonna get broken though. Um, by one by Derek Derek Henry or Saquon Barkley on his comeback, John, because it's you know, hey man, it, it, he's 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 built like he's built like a, he has that same that same build like AP explosive. Oh. Yo, it's gonna be a big year, bro. It's gonna be a big year for Saquon Barkley, bro. You know, I had to bring it back to Saquon. Yeah. This is right. This is what this is what I was talking about. As soon as you said set off, here go Miles. Yeah, I, knew, yeah, yeah. No. I knew he was gonna bring up Saquon before he even said it. Yeah, well, say, yo, first of all, is it far fetched for me to say this? No, 
Oh, okay. Thank you. That's all I. That's, that's I, it. I do think it's a, it's like, ambitious. It's, it's not. Is it ambitious? Yo, yeah. just because he's time, coming off of an end injury and it's his first year back, I get it. I get it though. Saquon built different. He's not like the rest of these dudes. Saquon, I, I, hear you. I agree. <laughs> he's not like the rest of these guys. We're not talking. We're not talking about what was well mixing. We're talking about Saquon Barkley. It's different. Yo, it's different. It's different. It's small. Pull up. Pull up right now. <laughs> Cause now nah, you, you mean, I was agreeing with you. Now you getting disrespectful so, talking about Joe Mixon. So just quick question though. So then you got all these new weapons for Daniel Dimes and all this, right? Don't say it like that, Daniel Dimes. Don't say his name like that. Don't, don't say his name like that. Don't lose respect. Come correct, bro. Do you think y'all gonna be more of a uh, a run team and? You get play action or, like, how you think it's going to be, especially with how the NFL is going. Do you even think Saquon Barkley is going to get enough attempts to get that? I, I think it's going to be a 60-40 run split, run to pass split. I think they'll go 60-40. Last year they were more run, um, and they were they kind of forced to be more run the ball more because of the weapons just – guys just weren't catching the ball. It, was, it just was a tough year. The old line hadn't held up well in pass protection. They are better blocking running, which is why I feel like Typical. Saquon's a good year. Yo <laughs> – yeah, I, I think the Giants are gonna the Giants are gonna draft uh like Devontae Smith with a, at eleven. I think Devontae's gonna fall because everyone's so weary about his size. Um, so he's gonna fall. I think the Giants are gonna get a steal and get Devontae. You're gonna add him to the mix. So you're gonna see more through a passing. But I think they're gonna address the the offensive line again. Go because this draft this draft class is so weird because of how it all stacks up. Like there are guys who didn't play last year because of COVID restrictions who were supposed to be first rounders, but because they didn't play, they're going to fall back. So you're going to get some really good players in the draft. So I think you're going to get, they're going to be able to dress the old line with the second round pick or third round pick. Um, but they're going to shoot. They're going to pick the best possible player they can on the board at, at 11. And I think it might be Devontae. There's, 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 like, there's some smoke there. Um, and where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I, I think they'll go there and get the best wide receiver possible. It'll be 60-40 split. Let me tell you something. Saquon played last year, and he had the holes that Wayne Gallman had last year. Saquon ran for two thousand yards last year. He was healthy. The way the whole line started. Yo, hey, Tone, Tone, can I can I request one thing? Can, can we just go one, just one episode? No, without talking about the Giants. No, he he brought just, he just one, bro. Yeah, first of all, I brought up Saquon Barkley because it's a, it's a real. It was relevant to the conversation. Saquon Barkley it, can can break the rushing record. You. Are you disagreeing? He can. He can. I, I absolutely think he can, but I think it's unrealistic to have the expectation that he's going to do it this season after coming off an ACL injury. I don't, yo, I don't think so. There's no pitch count in football. There's no pitch count. <laughs> All right, this ain't baseball. They're not, they're not about to take him out after seven innings. He's going to go the whole way. So, yeah, man, like I think he could break the record this year as long as he's healthy and he's going to run behind a bunch of improved offensive line. Johnny got, got some young studs in that old line, man. Just wait. I, I'm very, I'm very excited, bro. As we can see, Matt, I get, I get what Chris saying because low key, if you not knowing, you might think this is a Giants and Nets podcast because they come up. Every, <laughs> um, whatever we're talking about, we were talking about wrestling, and somehow KD will come up. Right. So. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's all great. I, I, you know why? I know I don't like this though because. We had we at one point we were talking about the Pelicans in this podcast, and I, and I know damn well people don't want to hear about the Pelicans. We're talking about Zoe, even like even with Zion being there, we don't want to talk about them. All right, like it's team. Our, our oh, my team, boy, it, it. Our teams are going to come up in conversation. Yes, they, they will. 
But it, I started this by saying Saquon's going to run, run, is could break the rushing record. I don't, I'm, it's not a bold prediction. I don't think it's, gonna, I, I'm not going to predict he's going to do it. I don't think that's fair to him, but he could. It's very possible. And so I'm just saying we looked out for that. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you, you can't make that prediction being that you work in the front office. You might hear it and that adds pressure to the <laughs> season. I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out some records and y'all tell me what you think is most likely. Seven sacks in one game. 22 and a half sacks in a season, 14 interceptions in one season. Which of the three is more likely to be broken this year? Exactly. What was the last one? 14 interceptions in one season. Yeah, 22 and a half sacks. That's how about who? Straight hand? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they always come back to the Giants. They just they always come back. <laughs> Yeah, you can't run from excellence, bro. You can't run from excellence. No, nah, you got that one. You got that one. Even when I don't, even when y'all trying to talk to the Giants, it comes up. They're saying, bro. Right. You know, it's just you can't run from excellence. All right. Twenty-one catches in a single game, hundred forty-nine catches in one season, or seven put passing touchdowns in one game. Which is more likely to get broken? I think the catches in a game. Twenty-one catches in a game. Yeah. I know. I think I think passing touchdowns. You you let Mahomes go off. Yeah, I, I think game, it, 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 if they play in if they play in the Jets, or the Bengals, I lost a lot of people. <laughs> we well, damn sure did. <laughs> All right, transitioning. Um, we're gonna talk about the AFC North, AFC South. Talk about which players or you know coaches, whoever has the most pressure on these teams. Something else to note. Depending on where Antonio Brown goes, he might end up in the top 20 for catches all time this year. He needs 54 catches just to get into the top 20. But if he stays in A, I don't think he's getting 54 catches. If he leaves elsewhere, he might be able to get 50-plus catches. AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers, who has the most pressure in Pittsburgh? Are we going team by team? Team by team, AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers. Who has the most pressure? Ben and Juju. Ben and Juju. No, I don't. I disagree. I don't. I don't think it's Big Ben. Just due to the fact that, like, no matter what happens this year, he's probably out after this year. So, like, Ben playing for the job. Ben's playing for the huh? job. Ben's playing for his. Ben's playing for his NFL livelihood. Let me tell you something. If this don't go well this year, it isn't like he's gonna go play for another team. There's no. There's no set. There's no farewell tour for him. It, it, no, but I'm saying I think this is his last year. Period. Oh, and you're saying okay, so you have you have low expectations from that, the rich. That's what I'm saying. There's not really. I think the more the pressure is on on Mike Tomlin. I don't think there's pressure on Mike Tomlin. He's a win, He's a winning one of the most winning winning his coaches um, to come in the league since he's gotten here. I if if there's pressure on Mike Tomlin, then we know why it's pressure on Mike Tomlin. You know what? Yeah, it's pressure on Mike Tomlin. There's always pressure on 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 people like Mike Tomlin. You know exactly what I'm trying to get at. I got, I got, I got yeah. Say it, say it with your chest. There's pressure on black head coaches. Yeah, you know what it is. Like that's that's what it is. But it's honestly the still the still is such a stable organization. I'm gonna give him credit. Um, I think that he's good. I think he's secure. He should be secure in his job. Uh, they, the quarterback situation isn't great. Um, as well. So if and they don't run the ball. Let's, let's see if they can get a running back. Get Najee Harris. Let Ben Ben Roethlisberger turn uh turnover and and. Give that guy the ball and let them run the ball an equal amount of times as, as many times as they throw it. I think it's pressure on uh, Corvette Corvette though because he took a one year. So if you took a one year deal, first of all you don't want to get injured. Second of all, you want to run into that bag next year when the when the uh, cap goes back up. 
and it's about to hit the cap's about to skyrocket. So he wants to touch that bread. So hopefully he can stay healthy. There's a lot of pressure on him to have a good year or two and not drop the ball. They, they that that wide receiving unit had a ton of drops. So there's pressure on him for sure. He took a one year deal, but it's Ben and him. Ben, ben because yo, no matter what, Ben's trying to play football. He's trying. He's not trying to go away. I think he wants to continue to play as foolish as it is. Um, but yeah, I think there's pressure on both. I say more so on the receiving core as a whole. They need to play consistent the whole season, especially being that they're probably going to throw the ball again 40, 45 times a game. They can't be in drops again. And specifically, as you mentioned, Corvette, Corvette, you on that one year, if you want to get that bad, Mm -hmm. the year to to show out. You you don't think there's pressure on James Conner, though? Because you know they're probably going to be drafting a running back after the year that he had last year. You don't think he's going to try to show out this year? Because now he's probably fighting for his job come camp. He's a free agent. Oh, he didn't. He didn't sign. He didn't sign back with him. I'm on the team right now. Oh, he is current for him. <laughs> Not current, but for with them. His pressure <laughs> on his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole different situation. <laughs> I, I think when it comes to that, well, even if they draft a running back, they sign him back. The thing, for, it wouldn't be as much pressure on them. I think that's where you would have to. This pressure on the coaching staff. Then are y'all going? They wouldn't even attempt to run the ball. Like a lot of times, you would see six run attempts as a team. So yeah, they also, they also just couldn't run. They also just couldn't run. We'll yeah, see what happens. Ravens. Who has the most pressure in Baltimore? Front office. Front office. Who you say, Miles? I feel like Lamar got the most pressure. I mean, he's one in what? One in three in the playoffs so far in his career. I mean, everybody goes back to the the MVP season, but he hasn't really shown much. And granted, they haven't put top flight receivers around him just yet. But I mean, he really, he he hasn't shown us that he can be that difference maker as a passer. We know what he is as a a runner, but passing wise, he's he's limited in what he can do. Front Front office? Front office for me. Yeah, give, give Lamar Jackson a chance to air that thing out. Give him receivers that aren't going to drop the ball. I saw plenty of drops when I, when I saw them play. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going front office. Go in the draft, go get him Rashad Bateman. Go get him Rondell Moore. Go get him guys who can go stretch, stretch the field and catch the ball. And, you know, get him a bigger wide receiver. Give him a bigger X wide receiver. It's just because Lamar – you see, they're skating on this offense where he gets to run the ball and he, he can break play – he can break a big play. Any any on any given play, Lamar can run for ninety yards to score a touchdown. Like and they 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 are living off of that, and it's dangerous. You need to get him a big wide receiver. No, Mark Andrews, as good as he is, is not is not that. They need to get him an X wide receiver that he can throw the ball up to and have faith. Back shoulder throws, a guy who can box guys out. That's the bottom line. Every young quarterback needs it. Lamar is no different. Um, it's just Lamar has a different has an added dimension to his game that most guys in the league don't have. He's he's just amazing with the ball in his hands because he run like that. But um, he can throw, and I just I, I think once you get him a wide receiver you can trust, you're gonna see a lot. We're gonna see a lot more production, and you're gonna see more playoff points. It's gonna translate. But get him a wide receiver, and and that's that's on the front of it. It's not a Lamar thing. It's just not. And Cleveland, who has the most pressure? That's that's a tough one. I think I think one of them is definitely gonna be OBJ coming back off of an injury. Um, he Jarvis Landry was great last year for Baker Mayfield. That's Who's going to be the number one wide receiver? Probably OBJ when he comes back. But, like, 
just with everything that's happened in his career with the Giants going to uh, Cleveland and, you know, there being rumors of drama there, um, even though he didn't play the, the full season last year, I think this is going to be a big year for him to show that, like, hey, I'm still the same OBJ. I, I can still come out here and ball. Um, he's going to have to really, you know, keep his composure um, and, and be that guy for Cleveland and, and just show that he, he can provide more to a team than, than drama. I mean, I didn't think – I thought a lot of the stuff with him with, with New York got blown out of proportion, um, and I don't view him as, like, you know, someone that – that's on a team that, you know, creates all this drama and whatnot. But, again, we don't know these guys personally either. But at the same time, um, with OBJ, this is just going to be a, a big year for him just because last year was kind of quiet. The year before was was a little quiet in, in his first year. So, um, yeah, I, th I think a lot of the pressure is going to be on OBG, uh, OBJ and obviously Baker Mayfield. Um, he played great last year um, for, for the most part. I think they went 11-3 and in the regular season. Um and then with, with him, here, here's the thing with him. It, it's going to be his consistency that they're going to question. They're, they're going to want to see him be able to live up to the same expectations that they had for him last year. And if he can't do that, if he comes out this year and plays like he did back in 2019, there's going to be a lot of questions. Of, hey, is he the, the future of the Browns? So um, I think I think Baker is going to have a, a pretty good year with a healthy OBJ back and then Jarvis on the other side along with uh, Higgins. Um, so I think, uh, and Donovan Peoples-Jones too, he, he's got a lot of weapons. So a lot of the pressure is going to be on Baker because there's no reason why he shouldn't do well this year. He's got to double down. Baker's got to double down. He's got he's to earn his, his, his big extension this year. He plays well this year. He's going to get a bag. If he doesn't, they won't pay him. That is the bottom line. So he, if he plays well, he's going to solidify his spot and they're going to get him a big contract and, They'll live happily or miserably ever after. We don't know. It's Cleveland, but um, we'll see. It's it's all about how he plays this year. So he has to double down on that. I think it's more pressure on him than anybody else in that team. Odell is what Odell mm. is. Odell is what Odell is. We we know what we know what it's about when Odell get on the field. But I'm not really worried about that. Can Baker throw him the ball? Just trade him. Just do me a favor and trade him. How about that? Just get him up out of there. I was definitely about to say like that's I think is the biggest thing for Baker. Are you going to be able to use all your weapons properly? He played much better when OBJ went out. Yep. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Can you actually still produce and keep all these weapons happy and getting Baker his um getting OBJ his touches, Jarvis Landry, Peebles Jones? You got that's a lot of weapons that you got to be able to get. And the thing is, they're not a pass first team. No. They have two elite running backs who each guaranteed probably next season if healthy each are gonna get eleven hundred yards right. So he don't got he don't have even that many opportunities to get if he's getting 20 25 pass attempts a game that's I don't think that's enough to get OBJ the ball Jarvis Landry like you might have to trade one of them just off of how their team is built. They also need defensive pieces anyways. I mean they addressed their, their backfield they got Troy Hill they got um they got the guy uh, Johnson from the Rams. They got they did a good job in free agency on the defensive backfield. But your your best asset to trade that'll get you the most return is Odell Beckham Jr. So yeah, trade him. Just don't trade him to the Buccaneers like a bunch of idiots. Give him to any other team but the Buccaneers. And you know what? Hey, trade him to to uh, Green Bay. Get give my man Aaron Rodgers that help. Hey, I, I I if it can't be if it can't be the Giants, I'd love to see him get a ring for real. You know, it, it won't be the Giants. So. 
get him, get him, get him, get him uh, some help. Get Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver. Um, get him the help he, he deserves and needs out there. The Packers are way too conservative. And you know what? This is unrealistic because the reality is, if you're looking, if you're reading the tea leaves and you're listening to Aaron Rodgers talk about hosting, hosting Jeopardy right now, he's out of there, yo. It's over. It's it's about one more year, and then he's hitting the market, and a very lucky team's gonna get him. Um, it'll be a better free agent time than Tom Brady was, but maybe we'll talk about that later. Cincinnati, biggest pressure, most pressure. Chris, <laughs> y'all gonna y'all gonna do this right now? Nah, <laughs> y'all gonna look at me like that and just just sit here with big old smirks on your face? Y'all are so disrespectful, like, mm. <laughs> yo. Cincinnati, there's two people, two two people that I want to hit on. If AJ Green was still there, you know who I'd be saying. It'd be AJ Green. But now there's someone else who seems to um, be a little injury prone, and that's Joe Mixon. And the reason I say Joe Mixon is because he just got paid. He got paid last year. He, he signed a four-year deal. He got the bag, and he's been hurt the past two seasons. And last year, he probably could have came back towards the end of the year and didn't, probably played it safe um, so that he could sign an extension and, and come back healthy. Um, so the pressure is definitely on him this year to, to go ahead and produce. He got off to a slow start last year, then had that, I forget what team he was playing. I think uh, could have been the Chargers where he, he scored, you know, three quick touchdowns, um, and then he got hurt and was out for the rest of the season. So Joe Mixon is going to have to come back. He's going to have to have a big year. Play action is going to be huge for us now that we just traded uh, or now that we just released Giovanni Bernard. We don't have him anymore. So we're looking at Joe to be that that main guy, um, you know, help Joe Burrow out with the, the um, play action. Um, we have some, obviously, receivers that would, would definitely benefit from that. Um, and then the other guy is Zach Taylor, our head coach. Um, last year, obviously, wasn't his fault due to Joe Burrow going down. Um, but this year we got to get it right in the draft and we got to make sure that we're, we're getting a lineman that can help protect. Um, but they're going to start looking at him like, Hey, what are you doing with this team? Are they improving year after year? Are they going to, you know, hopefully be in that playoff. I don't think playoffs are in our future this year, but I think next year it's, it's a real good possibility. I think um, the Ravens are certainly a team that, that we can beat with, uh, you know, the way things are going with them, Greg, stop it. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think the Steelers are, are, are definitely a team. I mean, we beat the Steelers last year with our third string quarterback. Um, so I definitely think we can come back and, and win those two games this year too. So um, obviously that's being a little optimistic to to win those, get those two games against them. Um, but, hey, the Bengals got to start making noise in, in the division. We can't be the team that – like the Browns used to be that hey, you, you you see them on your schedule and you check off a W and you just roll over them. Like we got Joe Burrow. He showed flashes of greatness last year early on. So once he comes into his own too, it's going to be go time. You can't have a good quarterback like that and, and be a sorry, sorry, mediocre team. Um, so Zach Taylor, the pressure is going to be on for him to, to make sure that this group is right. Zach Taylor in the line. Zach Taylor on line. You can't, you can't, you can't. You said all this stuff, man. Is Zach Taylor on line? That's the answer, I feel like. Zach Taylor ain't done nothing since he got here. Nothing. I know that they, he hasn't done that much to work with. I know Cincinnati's been, it's been a tough situation for the last couple of years. But is Zach Taylor on line? The old line needs to get fixed. The, the upper management and Zach Taylor have a lot of work to do. Um, they can get that old line fixed and don't get Burrow killed then you have a shot. And Burrow damn near got killed last year. That's the reality of it. 
So can they keep that guy upright? You finally have a ray of light in that organization. So franchise QB. Really, you do. So can you find can you keep that guy upright and keep him alive? Guess who that falls on? That's the that is ownership. That is for the front office. That is Zach Taylor. That's it. If you go pick Jamar Chase, <laughs> yo, listen, bro. That's not gonna end well. I know Jamar Chase is an enticing pick. I you gotta pick if big Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater, you gotta take one of them. It just it just makes the most sense. And Jamar will fall and I really hope I'm selfish. This is this is really more about me than about them. Yeah, you hoping it falls to the Giants? We know. No, 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 no. You see, you're not understanding. Hey, since you, you since, want Devontae Smith. You, you want see, Jamar. No, 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 no. Let me let's hear. No. If, if Jamar falls, then it pushes all the receivers back one pick, and it get and it, therefore it increases my chance of getting a guy like Devontae Smith at 11. So yes, I am being selfish by saying this, but I'm also hey. This is the best thing for you. You know what? You if they pick Jamar Chase, you know what that is? That's a Cowboys move. That's a flash over over substance move is what it is. You pick Penny Sewell, you pick Rashawn Slater, whoever you have, have higher on your board, you pick him, you keep your quarterback alive to see another down. That's it. That's it. Because you need that, you need him to be alive for the next 10, 15 years to run that, to help run that franchise and get you guys to a place where you guys are in the playoffs and actually relevant again. The, the, yeah, my, like we talked about, like we talked about, Greg, Penny, Penny Sewell, right? He's he's good, but there's other linemen in this draft that you can get in round two. No, no, no. That can – yes. Okay, yes, I know, but if you're the bank – you're not the Giants, bro. You guys didn't go address a bunch of needs and free agency and plug holes. That's not what y'all did. You guys have a lot of holes. And you know what? The most important hole you have is that O-line. So you take the highest-graded O-lineman in the draft with your – premier pick instead of waiting till later and taking someone else that might work out a developmental pick. That's not the luxury you guys have. It's a different situation. It's levels to this. Huh? <laughs> it's levels to this. Let's just be, it's levels to this. Day. <laughs> I'm just being real. AFC South. Uh, we're going to start off with the Colts who have Carson Wentz, who was a franchise quarterback at some point. Who has the most pressure in Indianapolis? Carson Wentz. Oh, bad miles. <laughs> you good? You good? Go ahead. It's obviously Carson Wentz. Like he's struggled over the last year and a half, and clearly it wasn't working in Philly. So now he gets a new start in Indianapolis, and it's a team that's set up to win right now. And they traded for him with the hopes that, all right, we're bringing you back with your old coach that helped you get to that MVP level in Philly. Maybe we can, we can, lightning can strike twice, maybe, but who knows? Like he could could be a bust, but I mean, I'm rooting for Carson Wentz. I think he's not as bad as he was last year. And I think he's actually a really good quarterback in this league. So that's what the Colts have been missing since Andrew Luck retired. They've been missing that franchise guy to make plays and, and do it what Andrew Luck did. Like Jacoby Brissett wasn't the, the option. Like Phillip Rivers was good, but also not the option. So now you're getting Wentz basically on the cheap. You're getting a franchise quarterback on the cheap. And now it's time for him to produce. Pressure on that coach. You know, he's a quarterback whisperer, right? So if Carson doesn't turn it around, guess who else is going to get fired? It's not just going to Carson going to really be out of there. Well, I mean, they'll take that cap hit, but 
Carson will be out of there, and so and so will he. So it's pressure on both of them. But it's, it's just those two. And they, they they were such a good team outside of those two guys. Outside of that, that he should play better. But we'll see. Jaguars, Jacksonville, Urban Myers there. Trevor Lawrence supposed to be drafted. Who has the most pressure in Jacksonville? Urban Meyer. I mean, it's got to be Urban Meyer. He's coming from college. One, he's coming from college. Two, he hasn't coached in a couple years due to health reasons. So now a third time he's coming out of retirement to coach. So can he make it through a season or a few seasons without dealing with health issues? Who knows? I mean, it's not something to joke about, but like Urban Meyer, he's a good coach, good college coach. But as we've seen, not everybody can translate to the NFL from college. Like Nick Saban couldn't do it, and he went back to college. Chip Kelly. He's doing his thing. Yeah, Chip Kelly, too. So let's see what he can do. He, he's coming to a franchise that's been, I mean, all their star players don't want to play there or resign. And there's something going on over there. So now it's up to him to take all the picks they've acquired from all these trades and build something. And I mean, they got their, their star quarterback coming in. So now let's see what you can do. Trent, all right. I guess I think, I think it's safe to say, I don't think anybody would disagree. Urban Meyer has the uh-huh. most pressure. Uh-huh. Greg was uh-huh. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is because Trevor Lawrence is, is, is baby Jesus. So hold on. Yeah. If you're talking about Trevor Lawrence and you're talking about it, they, they said he's the best college prospect in the last 25 years. Yes, Urban Meyer is the, the sensible answer. And yes, you're right. He, he has pressure on him. We know that. He tried to hire a, 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 racist. Worst, a racist, the worst guy in the world. We know this. Yeah, he's, he's, he has a lot of pressure on him. No question. He's on the power trip. No, it's Trevor Lawrence, too. Don't, don't not mention Trevor Lawrence. Now, he, he, you, don't get, you don't get to be called – all these things, the greatest quarterback in the last 50 years out of college. And, and oh, my God, I never – he's my highest-rated QB ever, all this stuff, and not have pressure on you to come into the league? Nah, man. Like, it's – it's nah, it's, it's – it's uh, teams are going to target him this year. Teams are on him. It's going to be – it's going to be a, a year where he's going to have to prove himself. Let's just see. Can he have a breakout year the way Justin Herbert did last year? Can he look like him? Can he look like the way Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow did yes, last year? I mean, let, let's you. wait and see. We're coordinating him. They coordinated him before he even got here, bro. I wasn't I, – I'm still not sure he's better than Justin Fields to this day. To, on my Deontay Wilder, to this day. I'm still not sure. <laughs> I'm still not sure he's better than Justin Fields to this day. I'm so serious. Like, I am I am so skittish about this, yo. They talking about he's the best quarterback prospect. Andrew Luck was a better prospect to me. I don't get paid to do this. I'm just saying, like, from what I see, bro – Deshaun Watson looked better in college. That, yeah. No, come on now. Don't play with me. Like, this is this is crazy. So, he's got a lot of pressure on him. He's he got, he, hey, man, listen, I, I I get it. He looked like the, he looked like the quarterback. That's what it is. He has a look they like. Bro, and he has a nice arm. I get it. He can play. But it ain't like he has he has no deficiencies or no holes in his game. So, let's see. We go, we're going to get battle tested this year. We're going to see. Thank you. I, I, you make valid points, but I think even if he gets off to a slow start or he doesn't play elite, they'll make excuses for him. So I don't think they will make excuses for him. But I'm not. I'm on your ass. No, nah, I, 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 feel, I feel you on that. But but I I think I think the reason Miles didn't bring him up is because we talked about it last show when we said like it, you I think you had said it, Greg. Any rookie quarterback that is starting within their first year, the pressure is automatically there. 
you have that pressure. You have that target on your back because you're supposed to be the savior of that team. For sure. For sure. And, and, and it's not always warranted. And I'm not saying that he'll have everything he needs in his first year and that he should be incredible. But we've seen, listen, for what they're saying about him, he should at least right. give me Justin Herbert offensive. He should be the offensive rookie of the year. If he's not the offensive rookie of the year, it was a it was a busted season. For what they talking about about him, for what they're saying about him, if you are if anything less than offensive rookie of the year is a failure, is a failure straight up. He's that nice, right? He's that nice. All right, go prove it. Because they talking, they talking, they've been talking crazy all year about him. When the lights get bright, he he look he don't look the same. It's a little it's a little chicken in the yard when the lights get bright. I'm, yes, it is. When the lights get out, you gonna talk about that that championship. See, he been coasting off that win as a freshman forever, bro. Coasting, how he, he had to go up against Alabama how many times? Two or three times. Yes, and since he's beaten them, I understand that. It's like Alabama hasn't gotten beat before. Did, did, did Sean have the same hype when he beat Alabama? Did he? I don't think so. Why? I don't want to. Sean got different problems why? now. We're about to turn into a Black Panther show. Why? Just tell me why. Just tell me why. Please tell me why. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. When Deshaun beat Alabama, did he have that same height? If he was, if I feel he was like what? he did. I feel they, like he did. Clearly they did. Clearly he didn't. <laughs> clearly they did. He did not have the same level of height. Okay. So you know what? This this is a deeper conversation. It's a deeper. I know we're talking about who has pressure on him. It's a deeper conversation to be had. That's all I'm saying. All right, but like, if if, if you want to keep it a buck, anything less than offensive rookie of the year for Trevor Lawrence is a failure. There is as much pressure on that guy as there is on Urban Urban Meyer, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, um, who has the most pressure in Houston? Is it Deshaun Watson lawyers? Is it who has the, the most pressure? The lawyers. <laughs> Uh, no, but I think that the the GM for the yeah. the Texans has the most pressure on him. Like he's coming into a toxic environment, which was basically eroded by Bill O'Brien trading trading star players for broken down parts. It's like it didn't make sense why he was the GM and the coach. So now you're bringing in an actual GM who has to make do with the mess that he's he's entered into. Like. Deshaun doesn't want to be there. And that was before he got there too. So it's like, now you got to maneuver this situation on top of the allegations stemming over Deshaun Watson. So now you got to try to navigate that cesspool that he's brought on this organization. So I think that Nick Casario, I do not envy that man because this team could look a lot different if he had just traded Deshaun a few months ago, instead of playing hardball and saying, we're not trading him. Now it's all these allegations are coming out and that trade window is looking, it's a little oh, shaky. He could still get traded at some point once this, this blows over, but who knows when that's going to be. He might not start the season. He might not be there until next year. So it's like now, now you have to wait a little bit to trade him. So now you gotta you gotta field an actual football team too, because the Texans, all those guys, JJ Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, did not like being there. So now you gotta build that culture back up, and it starts with bringing in, bringing in guys who wanna buy in. 
Yeah, but in, in the GM's defense, he didn't he didn't know that like all these allegations against Deshaun Watson were gonna come. So like, no. just because Deshaun Watson says he wants to get traded, like I, I'm if I'm him too, I'm, I'm like you're not going anywhere unless we get something really really good for you. And then it was just an unfortunate situation where all these allegations started coming, and like now it doesn't look like or Greg, Greg had said the other day there's still teams that are interested, but. Uh, you know, depending on where this goes and, and how many more allegations come about and, and what the timeline is looking like, it could turn into a, a bad situation where now you're stuck with Deshaun Watson um, and, or he's suspended or whatever the case may be and can't even play, and then you got to figure out what to do. I'd be curious if they draft – if they try to draft a quarterback um, the, in, the, in this draft. Where are they picking again? Oh, they they have, have a first-round first 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 pick. pick. Yeah, this is, this is a hurt story. So they're, they're gonna oh, Lord. they're gonna end up trading Deshaun because teams don't have moral compass in the NFL. But if you're gonna say who has more pressure, we're talking about football, the GM, um, to make sure they get a good reasonable return for Deshaun. Teams will try to lowball them because the guy's in the middle of a crazy court case. But also, yeah, his lawyers like on the real because it's looking like a real. This looking like if he hits the exempt list, that's what's gonna mess this whole thing up. And he could hit the exempt list, the NFL exempt list, because they may not be able to play him with all the allegations swinging around. You see the the uh, sponsors pulling out, Nike, H-E-B, which is a big deal out in Houston. Beach by Dre. Beach by Dre. Um, all that. So, yeah, them pulling out of these sponsorships, all that stuff, and pulling away public support is not a good sign, yo. Not a good sign. My man went, and go, went to go see 50 different massage therapists, and here we are. Couple years later, so it's really wild uh, how that how that all works out. I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to glad the situation, but um, nah. I mean, it, it's 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 crazy because if he hits the exempt list, then your your trade value is just zero. What can I? He can't play. He can't play. Right. So no. So the, that lawyer is going to have to get. They're going to have to come to some level, uh, some settlement here. They're going to have to be able to get out of this case, get out of this whole thing before the season starts. He can play football. To even be traded, right? So um, if he has the exempt list, then the Texans are in a really bad spot. But that's why you're gonna probably see them sign a guy like Alex Smith, who's still out there. I think they're gonna sign him as a contingency plan. Uh, they already signed Tyrod. Signed Tyrod. Yeah. He signed Tyrod, uh, but for some reason, Tyrod. Well, the Tyrod doesn't ever get the benefit of the doubt. You saw that the Chargers punctured his lung just so he couldn't play last year. They did it, I'm sure. I'm, I swear he did it on purpose. I swear he did it on purpose to this day. They punched that dude's lung before the game, so Justin Herbert can get in there. They knew what they had. Try to get him up out of there. But, um, yeah, you see? So, I think they're going to go Alex Smith um, for Tyron. For real, yo. We made it yo that's a heavy allegation right there. They, they punched the dude's lung on purpose, bro. We heard something like that happen before. Just so they could let, let, their, let their, their, their blonde hair QB go out there. And, and, and go out there and, and win with Rockets for the year. It worked out. It was smart. Yo, what we, what we should do is we should do a bonus episode, right, where we talk about – the deeper conversation and just hot take after hot take and just really get into it. They did it on purpose, bro. You got to pay extra for that episode. Cause hey, oh, yeah. Hey. For, 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 for Greg to go to the deeper conversation, that's unedited. I, I want Greg. <laughs> you don't have to pay that. You can uh, hold on. You can curse on that episode. Miles, hold on, though. Hold on. So I, I was watching that uh, I am at the episode where Brandon Marshall was just hilariously wrong and loud, right, about NBA contracts. And in that episode, Ocho Cinco talked about how he requested a trade, and they and I'm sure you guys know I'm you you watch this. He went he requested a trade, and the owner said hell no, right, essentially. And then and then after that, the next season he came up a 1500 or a 1500 yard season, something like that, the year before, 
Next season, he had like 500 yards, right? And it wasn't because he was hurt. They just did not target him to, de to depreciate his value on the market, right? And just show him, hey, we're in control here. So you told me a league where that would happen is a league where it's out of, it's out of the question that in a league where that could happen, that they wouldn't just puncture Tyrod Ty uh, Taylor's lung on purpose? Not if it means death. Hey, listen, these guys puncture lungs every day. And you know what? Football means death. Football synonymous with death because if you're running it, it's a, every opposite, every single play is a car crash. No one should even be playing the sport. So they don't care about life and death. They're trying to cover up CTE. So do they care about death that much? Hey, conspiracies with Greg. Let's let's, let's do this. That's a real, that's gonna be a, a that's gonna be a real uh we're gonna do this. It's gonna be a, a we're gonna do a segment on this now because you know what? Is what I'm saying crazy? Is, is what I'm saying crazy? It, the, the NFL tried to cover up CTE. That was killing dudes. In fact, it's killing more people as repercussions because dudes going out there having road rage, committing murders, all types of crazy stuff. But this isn't a league where they would, Greg on a roll. <laughs> they would where they would puncture Tyrod's lungs to let their to let their young quarterback get in there and get an excuse. Well, you don't want to do we, the PR hit. We have a new segment now that'll be a part of every episode. Um, good thing with that though, me, Miles, and Chris don't have to do anything for that segment. That's all the floor will be for Greg. So. We don't have to do no homework, nothing for that. Last team, they actually won a division, Titans. Who has the most pressure in Tennessee? I feel like Tannehill a little bit, honestly, because, I mean, as good as he's played, they got to the AFC Championship a couple years ago, then I don't want to say regress, but they didn't make it as far last year. So now it's like you, you're getting paid big bucks now you got to produce. Like, we know Derrick Henry's the heart of this team, but you only go as far as your quarterback. So he's got he's to gotta step up. He's got to make plays, and he's also got to do what he's doing in the regular season in the playoffs, too. So we'll see. That, that's my guy that has the most pressure on him. I would, I would agree with you with Stan Hill. I was thinking the same thing. Like, hey, it's not enough to just get to the playoffs, right, and then lose first round. Um you can't rely on Tan um, on Derrick Henry throughout the whole season. It's just not not realistic. You can't rely on the run game. Teams are going to figure it out and they're going to shut it down, no matter how much of a force Derrick Henry is. But for Derrick Henry, he's got some pressure on him too, and it's it's probably not fair pressure. Um, and the reason I say that is because with Derrick Henry, he's been so great throughout his career that like he can't afford to have a bad season, or else they're going to come at him because that's what's going to make the team fall apart. Is hey, if you don't have a run game. Now you're just relying on Tannehill and his arm, which he, Tannehill has been good when he needed to be, but he, he hasn't carried that team like Derrick Henry has carried that team. So if, if Derrick Henry has, has a, a bad – he can have a bad game, but if he has a bad season where, let's say, he only rushes for 800 yards, and we're used to seeing him rush for, for way more than that, right? Even if he only rushes for 1,000 yards, we're still used to seeing him rush for way more than that. They're going to come at Derrick Henry like, yo, he's declining. What happened? His, he's not in shape. His body's not right. You know how they like to do people. Um, so a lot of the pressure is going to be on Derrick Henry too, which, which may not be fair only because he's been so great over the past few years. I'm going to throw a name out there that, um, might not be as well known or might not be thought of as pressure Shane Brown, the new defensive coordinator, just because the Titans allowed the eighth most points per game last season. So him coming in as a new defensive coordinator, who by the way, they didn't even have a defensive coordinator last season, him coming in. He's going to have to do something to help improve this defense. If this is an improved defense, maybe you don't have to rely on Tannehill so much. Maybe you don't have to rely so much on Derrick Henry. 
if they have a better defense, giving up the eighth most points, now you're putting yourself in a position that you're going to have to rely on Tannehill's arm. And I'll say it, if nobody else will, I'm not relying on Tannehill's arm for 30, 40 attempts. I'm not doing it. Fact. That's fair. And that's, that's a tall order, too, when, when you just got rid of a Dory Jackson. <laughs> Yo, why are you saying Dory Jackson, bro? <laughs> I want to, to see if, if Greg would, would go off about the Giants, but nah, he, he's contained he over right now. No one purposely, purposely didn't do the NFC, the NFC East today, knowing that we could we eventually talk about the Giants. We're gonna go to we gonna go to East, <laughs> East Division. We bringing it down. We wasn't starting at the NFC East today because we have so much on the dock. If we did the NFC East today, we're not getting to the rest of the dock. It was a it was a business decision. Producer, it was a producer decision. That's <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Cap or facts? First one. Draymond Green. I don't know if y'all heard, but he had a comment on young players. They soft as hell. I find myself trying to talk ish to some of these young dudes that won't talk, and they're like trying to be a friend. That's what these young dudes do nowadays. I don't understand it. Is he speaking cat or facts? Facts. Facts. And Tony, we were talking about this yesterday at the basketball practice, bro. These kids are soft. Okay, when 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 we were growing up playing basketball, and I hate to age myself because it's not it wasn't really really wasn't that long ago, but I didn't have I didn't I didn't like anybody. <laughs> there was nobody I liked. I didn't like anybody. I was angry all the time. I was bad. Like, it's so different now. Everybody's buddy-buddy. Everybody's trying to exchange jerseys and all that stuff. And it's part of that's AAU culture, like you saw yesterday up close. AAU culture is a big culprit in that. Um, and that's why a lot of these kids don't have any dog in them. But, anyway, you know, it's 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 doggy dog You think about the world of professional sports, it's cutthroat. These guys get cut. Jerome Robinson was a first-round pick, got cut by the Wizards. He got cut by the Wizards today. Like, his money guaranteed, he's going to be straight, but – that's how crazy this thing is. Like, it's, it's wild. An undrafted guy can come in and take your spot. So, if you think there's room for friendship, especially with Draymond, who who literally do anything to win a basketball game. I mean, anything. Like, Lobo Braun to try to win a basketball game. I ain't forget about that, Draymond. Um, hey. <laughs> and he definitely did, by the way. It's, it's definitely that. But, um, yeah, like, what, what are we talking about? What are we talking about right now? Like, what, what, why is that even a thing that these young dudes think is – is is gonna help them get through, get, help them get by in the NBA. Not with guys like Pat Bev out here. Like Pat Bev's only in the NBA because he doesn't like anybody. Because he hates everyone. Montrez Harrell, he only in the league because he hates everyone. That's how it is, bro. A guy like Lou Dort, he gets in the league because you're just mad. Like that's part of it too. Like you gotta be a dog. Not enough dogs anymore. Especially with this with this rookie class. But hey, Draymond's right. Draymond is usually right when he speaks. Although he did say something controversial that was wrong recently, but I'm sure. Yeah, we ain't even gonna, we're not gonna give that any attention. What he said, that I agree with. Second one, we talk about the MVP conversation the last two, three episodes. It always comes up. One name that has not come on this show and does not come up often at all. Should Donovan Mitchell be a part of this MVP conversation? Cap or facts? Okay. I'm agreeing, but I'm seeing a lot of people as of late saying that 
he should be in the conversation because they are number one team in the NBA record-wise. What's up, Greg? What's that? What's that you oh, holding up? That's a cap, a bottle cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was an iPhone cube for the charger. I got the smallest iPhone cube I've ever seen. Nah, bro. <laughs> <It's, laughs> you know, you know, Chris still got the prototype. <laughs> bro, my, my phone foggy. <laughs> I need an upgrade. <laughs> Next cap of facts. The Nets can win the East without either KD or Hart. They both have been injured throughout the season. If we get to the playoffs, we see them get injured. If one of them are injured, can they still win the East? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yo, I'm aficionado. Bucks, the Bucks don't put fear in my heart. The Heat. Philly? The Heat or something's wrong. I don't know. I'm getting a little worried. Uh, hopefully, they, they pull together. But I, I just I, – I think that if you have Harden, Harden's a bigger loss than Katie. That's the hot take here, if it's even a hot take. And I don't think it is. I'd rather have Harden than have Katie down the stretch if I'm going to lose one. Hopefully, knock on wood, I don't lose any of them. But if I had to pick, it'd be Harden. Um, if it was Kyrie and Katie, I'd be a little concerned. But with the additions of LaMarcus, who still knows, still clearly knows how to play basketball, was dogging it. And Blake, who's still catching out here, catching bang outs, and knows how to play basketball at a high level, was dogging it in Detroit. Um, they'll get by the East. I really do think that. But they're not winning a chip without it's, it's It is razor thin. People are acting like this Nets team is world's better than the Lakers, and it's just not true. Don't believe the hype, bro. It's not, it's not that. The gap's not big. The gap's not big. I'm, that Lakers team defense is incredible. And when you add Le- LeBron and AD and you've got all these pieces um, and Drummond, um, who is 27, man, I, it's a big addition. I, that that team is going to give the, the Nets a hard time in this series. It's going to be a seven-game series. I don't know why Brian Lenore is going on TV talking about all this stuff. I know, I know I'm hijacking the conversation right now. But, yes, they can get through the East. I'm, I'm not really worried about it. Well, I'm, who am I scared hey, of? Ben Simmons? Who scared me? Ben Simmons? Giannis? Come on, bro. Giannis in the playoffs? That's what I'm scared of? You mentioned you mentioned LeBron. You see LeBron's post today talking about with the picture of him and AD talking about a storm is coming. They, yeah. They're predicting thunderstorms. They coming back and they coming back. We already, we know the Lakers are sick. Playoff playoff Bron is is worth is worth two of your superstars. No cap. Playoff <laughs> Bron is worth two of your superstars. <laughs> and it's a fact. It's a fact. Playoff Bron is worth two of your superstars. So whatever you think the Lakers look like, look like right now, discount that because when LeBron come back. That team is it goes from zero to hundred real quick. It is different when Brian is there's different smoke. So yeah, like he's right. Shout out to Aubrey Graham. Yo, you need to you need to connect with us. We use a lot of your lyrics throughout the show. Shout out to you, Aubrey. Uh, speaking of the Eastern Conference, right? Okay, Brooklyn's at the top of it. Philly's at the top. We get that. Milwaukee's up there too. Who in the East do you? fear or do you not want to play of these lower seeds? Is it a Boston who's at seven seed? Miami's at the six seed. New York has the eight seed right now. Indiana and Chicago are part of that play-in segment right there. Out of these lower seeded teams, which team do you not want to see in the playoffs when it comes to the East? I'll probably say Miami. Throw in a Charlotte and Atlanta in there. Miami or Boston. And, and, and neither yeah. of them really scare anybody. Well, Miami's Miami. Miami's legit. I, I 
I'm gonna put respect on their name, but everybody else, it ain't, it ain't. Well, no. Sorry, yeah, but it goes more than it goes more than them just being legit. It's, it's Jimmy but the Jimmy Butler effect and the energy that he brings for his team. Oh, no, I, I think no. I think that's what Miami's it really comes down to. Yeah, Miami's a whole conversation. Like you're right, Miami's a whole conversation. They they legit. Um, but everybody else, Boston, eh, more pretender than contender, but they're there's they have enough star power to be annoying, you know, like annoying in a series. So those two teams, Miami and Boston, I don't think this is even that deep. Miles, would you agree? Being the, the the resident Knicks aficionado on the show, I didn't say a word about the Knicks, but <laughs> I would definitely say Miami. I mean, they're they're getting healthy again. They got Vic now. They got a superstar in Jimmy. <laughs> you know, so star. Let's see what happens. Star in Jimmy. Um, before we transition, so we got Boston at twenty six and twenty six. New York at 25 and 27, Indiana at 23 and 27, Chicago at 21 and 28, and Toronto at 20 and 31. Who are the two teams that make it in, you think, for that seventh and that eighth seed? Are, is Charlotte in the playoff right now? Or no? They're out? They're at like six or seven. Seven? Charlotte? Charlotte's the fourth seed right now. Charlotte? Wow, the Charlotte Eastern is 26 and 24. They have a game and a half above Miami and two game a game over Boston, two games over uh, New York. What about the I think Hawks? you're gonna end up seeing the Hawks Hawks seed. What is that? Go ahead, Miles. I'm about the Hawks with the fourth seed. Nope, the Hawks are the fifth seed. They have a lower winning percentage. They're 27 to 25. They got one more. Ball. But that fourth between the fourth and the 12th spot. It's only like three or four games. So that definitely can change within the last 20 games or so. You might see Charlotte end up at the HC. You might see New York. But who do you think is going to make it out of those playoffs teams? Do you see Indiana, Chicago, or Toronto making a run to get in as a seventh or eighth seed? I think Indiana will make a run. I think Indiana will make a run with that addition of Karis LeVert playing good basketball again. If I had to pick a team, I believe the most out of them right now would be Indiana. I think Toronto's had just too much turmoil inter- internally on that team, and it's not the same. And they're gonna, and again, they should have traded Lyra with a chance. They're gonna have to blow this thing up. But yeah, I think that Indiana is the most trustworthy team of all these names. You've, all these teams you've named in the lower echelon, right? I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks will off top will get in, but I don't think they're in really in this conversation. They're not, they're not gonna be in play for a play in game. You're talking about play in game team. Indiana will be the team that I, I would trust the most, anyways. To not so you think so then. Knicks would drop out. Not necessarily. I mean, the Knicks are going to be in a playoff and play-in situation, I feel like. Um, it's going to come in one game. If Indiana gets in, Knicks are the AC right now. That means somebody's not. You feel me? So the Knicks, are you saying the Knicks is probably going to be the odd team out or Boston? Oh, the Knicks, yeah. I think Boston. I think Boston would probably get it. But the Knicks are, the Knicks are hard to read because they play good D. They, they play well all year. Um, and <laughs> Yo, Miles is sick. No, nah, but like they could get in. The Knicks could get in. I'm, I'm not, I'm not so sure. That's a really hard one because they're not better than Boston. If you're in a playing situation with Boston for the eighth seed, if it gets to that pay, that place, I don't envy you. Although it is one game and you could win it, um, because it's only one. But uh, I, I, I'm gonna go with Boston because they got more talent. I'm gonna go with Indiana because they got more talent. You know, I'm gonna go with Charlotte because they have more talent. 
you know, like that. That's 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 why I feel like I saw. And like I think Melo will come back. I think Melo will come back towards the latter half of the season too and play get some play in the playoffs. I'm excited. Yo, I'm rooting. For, you know what? Let's let's just call a spade a spade. I want to see Charlotte. It, this ball's on the Charlotte and the Knicks for me. I want to see Charlotte get in far more than I want to see the Knicks get in. I want to see Lamelo Ball. I'm sorry. I want to watch Lamelo Ball. I don't want to watch R.J. Barrett in the playoffs. I want I want to watch Lamelo Ball. I'm sorry. That's just my reality. I think I think most people who listen to this podcast would agree with me that Lamelo is more fun to watch. All right, so hey, I stay on that. Hey, y'all like flashiness over? Oh my god, hey, my get, yo, my we're we not getting into that. Flashiness. We're not tonight. Hold on, hold on. So when 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 the draft happened a couple years ago, um, people who listen to this podcast know me. Can, can attest to this. I said that Kevin Porter Jr., if you ever figured it out, would be better than, than R.J. Barrett. I said that. People laughed in my face. I feel like you said that about, like, at least 30 people in the draft. Well, there's a lot of dudes that could be better than R.J. Barrett. Yes, this is true. But uh, but uh, but Kevin Porter Jr., like, for real, like, he's it's starting to happen. I'm not saying he's better than R.J. Barrett. He's not right now, but it's starting to happen. And I'm telling you right now, the way the trajectory we're on right now, and if he's got a chance in Houston to play, Next year, you're going to be on that top 25. You're going to be mad because you're going to be on there in RJ Warren. Dad, you think two years in a row, are you never going to be on there? Probably not. The league is crazy. The league is crazy, bro. K, yo, when K step in the league, when K get here, you better than RJ Barrett. All right. All right. I mean, tell me, say otherwise. When Evan Mobley get in the league, what, what's up? I mean, he's still one of the youngest players in the league. Who? Two. RJ Barrett. RJ, RJ, RJ's young. RJ's, yo, this doesn't mean that RJ's not a good player. It just means that he was overdrafted. That's all I've been saying. You know, if RJ wasn't the third overall pick, I'd be singing his praises right now. You wouldn't. I, I know for yes, a fact. Yes, yes, I would. Yes, I would. He's a lefty. It bothers you. I don't know. I'm a You're lefty. lefty too. I know. Why you hate him? I'm a lefty. Yeah, wow. me too. You're supposed to be in, in, in this together. Like, what's going on? Miles. Miles. He's not a he's not a third overall pick guy. That's not it. what is special about RJ's game. Tell me one thing he does that's special. Does it have to be special? Like if he's yes. doing what he's yes. doing. A third overall pick, yes. That's that's the bar. Okay, my bad. If he's not jumping out the gym or spinning on the floor or doing crossovers, I guess he's not that good. He's not that good. It's not about that though. You know that. It's not about, it's not, it, it's feels about that way. it feels that way because he's been consistent this whole year and Somehow, did you did, so? Do you draft at third overall for Steady Eddie, or do you draft third third overall to get superstar? Uh, this guy <laughs> is that is that what this is? No, he put, his number, he put his numbers up against other guys at the same time in their career that are superstars right now. Is right along those lines. He's twenty years old. He can't even buy a drink yet. Yo, like, you see, you're ready to call him a bum. We gotta stay here. We gotta stay here for one second. Because 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 real basketball fans love doing this, and and in fact, sports fans are doing this. When when fans fans will 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 stray from the eye test, they'll stray away from it when it doesn't fit their narrative. So you look at the numbers and you go, oh, look at the numbers. He's his player efficiency rating is this. Oh, when LeBron was in his second years, he had high his his ratings higher than LeBron's in his second year. They they do you, you notice this when you don't see it on tape when you don't see special on the screen. Sports fans love to go to the, the 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 stats. They love doing that. They love to be nerds all of a sudden. Everybody want to be a nerd. Yo, 
Miles, I know you watch basketball. Bro, hold on. How hold many on. times has RJ looked special to you since he's gotten here? What? He's still developing. Like, no, that's not what I asked. That's not what I asked. Because Darius Garland looked special against the Spurs uh, earlier this week. Special. 37. All types of finishes in the basket. Getting guys involved. He looks special. Crafty. Dude, that's cute. No, it's not cute. What's, what's not? No, yeah. no. You see? You're not even the best guard on his you team. So I'm going to hear that. You see you what you're doing, though? What am I doing? You're deflecting. I'm not what deflecting. About, yes, you are. What about RJ's game has looked special? What about his game screen special since he's gotten here? Please tell me. Does it have to be special? Does he have to jump out the gym like Zion or Ja to be yes. special? No. Yes. He doesn't have to jump out the gym like Zion or John, nothing like that. No, but he has. There has to be some quality about his game, whether it's a feel for the game, whether him being really intelligent, right, and, and just being a, a good playmaker. There's got to be something he does well. Tyrese Halliburton was on that list over over RJ Barrett. Tyrese Halliburton has already displayed special basketball IQ. He's a great playmaker. Lamelo, special basketball IQ. You see what I'm saying? Like that's I'm myself, I was going to buy an RJ style. I wasn't going to get into this because. <laughs> Almost said so. <laughs> Yo, turn to the West. Turn to the West. Um, we got. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> we got Dallas. Oh got my Memphis, San Antonio, Golden State, New Orleans, and the Kings are all in the conversation, really for that playing situation between Dallas at the seventh seed. And Sacramento, mm, Sacramento probably not in it, but you got Dallas, Memphis, San Antonio, Golden State. Who do you see of those lower teams that make it in for that play-in? And who is the most scary team you don't want to play on those lower seeds? Probably the Mavs. I mean, if you can get KP healthy, I mean – that's a big if. That's a big if. But if he's healthy, come playoff time, that's a that's a good squad. That's a decent squad. Like, that shooting on that team, they, they can score the ball. So it's like last year they, they went toe-to-toe with the Clippers. Before Porzingis got hurt, they were up in the series. But, you know, again, if he stays healthy, they can make, they can make some noise. I don't know if they'll win first round, but – they're, they'll make it a tough series, whoever they play. What y'all think about Portland being at a six seed? Do you think Portland can actually get out first round um, as a six seed, or they got to still move up the ladder? They got the first round. Or they play at the, at the five, as things are currently constituted. They can get out, they can get out the first round. They got Dame. So if, if currently constructed, they will play Clippers first round. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and then P, yeah, you can get out the first round. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, for sure. What are we talking about? So out of these lower echelon teams, who do you think makes it in for those bottom two seeds? Dallas, Memphis, Memphis San Antonio, Golden State, or do the Pelicans make a run and get in there also? Memphis, Memphis, Dallas, Golden State. I, I, I think I think Steph is while he's not a superstar by my superstar by my books, he he is good enough to get you in the playoffs. So yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go there. So you think if we're picking the, the two seeds, let's say Dallas stays at seven, at final seed, you think Warriors getting over Memphis? Yeah, I think it'll be a playing game situation between those two teams. It'll be a, it'll be a good one at that. 
And if, and if Ja gets him, if Ja gets Steph out of here in a one game, that's that's gonna be a lot of slander. It's gonna be a lot of well, somewhat slander. You know, you know, you know, you know, Steph, Steph will benefit from his light skin privilege, but he'll get some, he'll get some stand, he'll get some slander out here. He'll get some slander. Hey, you gotta be careful. We got two of the, the light skin brothers all. <laughs> Who light skin? Chris the light skin, bro. We got Clay. And yeah, Steph. not now in the summertime. It's my it's my chocolate season. Man, it must just be bright over there because you shine. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the light. It's the lighting up in here. You know, money bags. You got Hey, Greg, you got Clay and Steph on here, and you got Draymond and Andrew Wiggins up top. Me and you. And Wiggins, you can't give me Wiggins. I, 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 and no, and no realm of life don't even compare it to Wiggins. Let's talk about bread. Which you, which he's stolen. Paid, paid I, I think, I think Memphis is a team though to watch out. Um, you don't per se want to play. They're playing well right now, even without Jaron Jackson being back. They're a defensive team. They're gonna make it ugly. They kind of remind you of just what Memphis has been for the longest—a grind pound team. Like when they had Zebo and Tony Allen and John Morant over the last like 10, 15 games. He's not even playing like John Morant, and they're still. Really doing well. You got Grayson Allen had a 30-point clip the other night. Dylan Brooks had 28. So I don't want to see Memphis if Utah. I would Phoenix, if they move up, I think Phoenix gets them out of there. But Memphis is going to be a tough out. I think they're even a more tough out than Golden State. If I'm a, a higher seed, I want to see Golden State because all I got to really worry about is Steph. That's a direct that's a direct indictment on Steph Curry. What you just said, because I'm talking because I, I I there's no other superstar in the league that I want to see. I don't want to see a superstar in a one game playing situation. If I, if, I'm sorry, I don't, you're about the series. You're about the series. I don't want to see you in the series either. I don't want to deal with you. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Looking, so, I don't know I'm the looking, NBA. Right. I'm looking at the top seeds: Utah, Phoenix. They'll handily sweep the Warriors for that. Yeah, they'll you see in Memphis that first round, you might sweep them for it, but it's going to be a tough – you're going to feel it. They're going to make sure you feel it in those four games. I guarantee you. I think and, Memphis is a better team. Exactly. So, if I had to choose, I'd rather see Golden State over Memphis. I I, I, I second that, first of all, but I also think it's an indictment on Steph Curry. It's a bigger story to be talked about here about Steph Curry, a conversation that people aren't ready to have about Steph Curry. And I get it. It's because he's light-skinned. I get that. You know the vibes. All defensive team. We're gonna close with this one. Season not over yet, but I think it's safe to say it's 20 games left. It's nothing that nobody's gonna be able to do to make it that much of a jump for them to get on your all defensive team. Who is on your all defensive first team? We're not even gonna do a second team. All defensive first team, who do you have on your all defensive NBA team this season? Me personally, I'm gonna do Drew Holiday, Mikel mm-hmm. Bridges. Mm-hmm. Out. Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. That's four or five. That's four. That's four. That's four. And I'm going to put Robert Covington in there. Robert Covington? Wow. I would, I would put LeBron, but because of the injuries, to me, this is how I always view – this is how I always view any of the awards. If you don't play a certain amount of games, you miss a, a significant amount of time, you can't get these awards. If okay. we're not – about that, like for example, Anthony Davis obviously to me is a better defender. Embiid yeah. has played well defensively, but Embiid's missed 
16, 17 games, which is a chunk of a season of a, a shortened season as that already. So I'm not giving it to them. I'll probably, you know, you could throw Miles Turner in the conversation, but he would be on my second team. CP3 would be on my second team. That's how I see my all defensive team. So ours, well, I'm happy you said that because my team almost looks exactly the same. Drew Holiday, Cal Bridges. Um, I, I, Cal Bridges, who else we got there? I can think it was uh, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons. That, that was a four. And then I'm going to go with Lou Dort instead. Mm. My fifth. Lou Dort is the by far superior defender, defender to most guys in the league in the perimeter. So he's an up and coming guy. He's, that's where he had, that's how he's made his money in the NBA. Lou Dort's my fifth. So that's the, that's my five guys right there. Yeah, LeBron can't get it. I'm not, I'm not giving it to Brown or AD. And I think under normal circumstances, they'd be on there this year. Yeah. Right. Now, um, now, let me ask you this before you move on. How do you think the the people that are, you know, choosing the, the players that get these awards, what do you think really goes into to their thought process, right? They're a bunch of nerds, and they're going to look at defensive rating. And stuff Yo, like Craig is becoming at everybody left. They're nerds. I, I think it's like pitching, too. It's the, the human side of it. They're watching the game. They're like, yo, this person has been gone for 15, 16 games. I can't give them this award same thing with mvp greg no just hear me out i'm not saying it should be the case but because of the injuries you might see a nikola Jokic now get the mvp because Embiid's been out for a lot of the season lebron's been out of the season and now james harden is injured and he's probably going to be out for the rest of the season honestly because he's getting reevaluated in 10 days he's not coming back in 10 days and that's a handy we saw how long KD was out with the same injury, essentially. You're going to see Nikola Jokic is now part of that conversation. He was always part of the conversation. They they've been trying to give it to him off the rip. So, that's, I mean, that's what that is. But if I, it doesn't it, – my thing is it doesn't put him over Dame, in my opinion. Oh, of course not. But I think if I'm a betting man and you check the right, odds, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm picking Jokic for them to give it to him. Miles, who's on your all-defensive team? You got Alfred Prayton on there? <laughs> I don't even know who to put on this team, honestly. I, I'm keeping it a buck with you. Um, of course, you get, you got to put Ben Simmons up there. He's been Dean one through five all season. Rudy Gobert, it's almost a given given every year. Nobody from the Knicks. They a top top three defensive team. That's because we play great that? team defense. We play great team defense. But oh, oh okay. okay, just making sure. But um, y'all better stop playing with him. <laughs> that's, that's all I, got. I, don't, I don't have that many people on my team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, y'all put a vibe, bro. If y'all stay ready, y'all gotta get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Lakers and six. Nick's ain't doing.